At IKEA, we want to create a better everyday life for as many people as possible, including the millions who are vulnerable and marginalised, enabling a more equal and inclusive society where a decent job is a natural right. IKEA social entrepreneurship is one way of making this a reality. These partnerships with social entrepreneurs all across the world have contributed to over 20,000 jobs for women from vulnerable communities, for marginalised groups and small farm holders. Decent and meaningful work means these people have the possibility to lift themselves out of poverty, plan for their future and start their journey towards self-reliance. To date, there are more than 20 local and global partnerships with social entrepreneurs across IKEA who have co-created home furnishing products available globally in IKEA stores and online. By backing and working with social entrepreneurs whose business ideas are based on making societies and people thrive, IKEA contributes to creating jobs and better everyday lives around the world. Partner development leader Anne-Sophie Gunnison works with artisans from some of the world's most challenging areas. Together, they give IKEA customers the chance to purchase unique homewares with a greater purpose. We talked to Anne-Sophie about the IKEA Social Entrepreneurship Initiative, the importance of ensuring consistent and sustainable jobs, and how the initiative is still thriving during times of change and uncertainty. Thank you so much for joining us, Anne-Sophie. Can you tell us a little bit about the relationship between IKEA and social entrepreneurs and, and how long IKEA has been working in this space? IKEA has been working with social entrepreneurs since 2012. That was when this initiative started formally. Since then, we have been working very intensely, starting up social entrepreneurs, developing entrepreneurs, and now we are in a phase when we will scale up the number of social entrepreneurs. So can you tell us a little bit about how the whole initiative started? It started around 2011 when the former IKEA CEO was out on the field in India, in Uttar Pradesh, meeting women that was part of a skills training that IKEA Foundation had arranged. and. Then the idea came up that what about if IKEA actually could work together with these women? Very simple handicraft in the rural part of Uttar Pradesh and to incorporate them in the IKEA value chain. And that was the whole where this started, which actually ended up that IKEA looked into that we can collaborate and start up collaborations with social entrepreneurs that actually can employ and can work with these rural women as one example. Because the reason is that usually IKEA is working with big suppliers, matured suppliers, and these social entrepreneurs did not have the possibility to qualify as an IKEA supplier. And therefore, this initiative started where we could look into these social entrepreneurs from different perspectives, both how they could grow into becoming IKEA suppliers and deliver to, to the IKEA range, but also how we could support them and how we could contribute with our knowledge as these social entrepreneurs actually are starting up the business, both from a social impact point of view, where they are including people that stands far away from the labor market and for different reasons have high barriers to get a decent income and a decent job, and then step by step included them in the IKEA value chain. So that was sort of the starting point. It was also due to that IKEA at that time 
launched the sustainability strategy and really incorporated sustainability as one of the cornerstones in the business plan. So it was very much in focus also, both from different sustainability perspectives, both from environmental, but also from the social impact point of view and how IKEA can work with communities and how we actively can contribute to work for the people that we are not reaching, nor as IKEA customers, nor as IKEA co-workers, and nor as employees in our regular supply chain. And I guess I want to hear your perspective on why you think it's so important for IKEA to be working in this space. And, and what do you think are the great benefits for these people who are working in these different communities? This is an important area. And what IKEA is doing is really unique because there is a barrier for these, for vulnerable and marginalized people. And IKEA is focusing on women from vulnerable communities and marginalized groups. There is a gap for these people to get an income. They might be part of programs where they get certain different types of trainings, it can be in handicraft, it can be in literacy, it can be in financial trainings, etc. But then it comes these difficulties to actually to get a job. If we take uh, women in the countryside in India, for example, there are many, many barriers for women from vulnerable communities and in poor regions to get a job and outside their home and outside uh, uh, agriculture. And then IKEA is working with these social entrepreneurs to link them to our value chain, to actually to integrate in our production and our supply chain. And then we buy the products that we are co-creating together with these social entrepreneurs and we sell them in the IKEA stores and online. And by doing this, we give the social entrepreneurs and the groups that we are working with access to the IKEA stores and to the IKEA to, to sell the products because that's usually very difficult for them to get access to an international and to a global marketplace. And that is really the key success factor in this, that we are really treating them as our business partners. We have an equal relationship. There's a win-win situation. We learn from the social entrepreneurs and the groups that we are working with. We learn as they are very entrepreneurial. They are working in challenging areas. They are working with groups that for different reasons have high barriers to the labor market. And many of them are very, very skilled as well in handcraft. We are working with small farmholders growing coffee berries, high quality coffee berries, smart home holding. So we are learning a lot and they are learning from IKEA in how to comply with the demands from an international global company. They are learning designs and logistics, sustainability. And by having this collaboration, we can together take a step-by-step approach in how we are increasing the volumes, in how we are increasing the number of markets and stores where we are selling these products. Another benefit from IKEA point of view is for the co-workers, the IKEA co-workers that are working with social entrepreneurs, because this actually are training their skills in another dimension than they're used to, because it's very much of problem solving. It's very much of looking 
outside the box a bit at what can I do and what can I not do? Because otherwise our processes are quite steered. And here they, you really need to look into, to have a pragmatic view and to look into how we can solve problems and overcome barriers. So this is really collaboration and then a win-win situation for IKEA, for the social businesses, for the people that they employ and for the IKEA customers that can get unique high quality and designed products and both home furnishing and food products. So you spoke about working with these different social entrepreneurs as business partners. Can you explain the benefit of this work towards our business, IKEA, as well as their businesses and growing their businesses? So if I start with the social businesses and the vulnerable groups that they are employing, we at IKEA, we believe that a decent job is the best way out of poverty and towards self-reliance. When, for example, a woman that are living on the countryside in a patriarchal society, or we are working with refugee women in Jordan, majority from Syria, when a woman has an income, she has work, that's where she can develop the whole family benefit. The children benefit because women in particular are putting the family first and the children first and are investing the earnings in the children's education, in the children's well-being, in the family's house, and also as a consequent often the women's position in the family is also strengthened. She gets more to save and the family can hopefully save some money for the future. So it's very, uh, I would say, beneficial and very efficient to link people that have high barriers to the labor market to get a decent and a sustainable and long-term job so that they can plan for the future and they can plan for the children and they can also plan for their own retirement. For the individuals, the women and the groups that we are working with, when you get a good job, where you have a job with dignity, where you are appreciated, you see the possibilities of growing in your profession. It might be to take a leadership responsibility or be more skilled. You grow as a person and you get more self-confident and you open up your perspective of the world and what is possible. And also that these aspirations are transferred to the children. This is something we have seen among especially the women that we are working with that suddenly when they start to work and have a work to go to where they can develop, earn their own money, develop, get leadership positions. Some of them have been included in the board, etc. Their aspirations are increasing and they see new opportunities for the families, for the children. They can be doctors, they can be lawyers, they can be anything. And when we talk to these people that actually had nothing before, were struggling to, to more or less to survive the day. And, and suddenly the, the world opens up with a lot of possibilities and also for the new generation. That's fantastic. And that is, is what actually a job can do. And I think we can relate to that ourselves as well. Wherever you are in the world, when you have a job, when you can earn your living, you can save, suddenly you also can start to plan for the future. 
and I think that's for the individuals is, is the most important part. For the social businesses, for them, as I mentioned in the beginning, for the social businesses, it's quite often difficult to find a marketplace and also where they can sell the products and also to have a consistency in the orders and not only like one time buy. And that is where IKEA comes in, that we give these social businesses a consistency. We are working long term because we know that social change takes time. We can't only look in a two years perspective or three years perspective. We look into minimum five, six years perspective. And because that is how long it takes to create social change and also to build up a social business as an IKEA supplier, that takes time. So what we are doing at IKEA is that we are identifying the gaps that the social business has and in order to fulfill the demands and, and the requirements that IKEA has on IKEA supplier. And together we are creating an action plan and we are working towards filling the gap and we are taking this in a step-by-step approach, adapting the volumes to what the social business can produce. And then we are increasing that step by step. And that also means that usually when we are starting up a social business, we start with selling the products in a few markets and in a few countries. And then in a step-by-step approach, we are increasing the product to more markets and to more stores. And I would say that's a very sustainable way of setting up this collaboration because that means that we are taking the view from the social business and we are not putting them, we are not forcing them to scale up too fast. And some are ready to deliver to uh, almost globally from the beginning and some are ready to deliver only to a region or to one market to start with. So that means that the social business are developed and they, uh, they think that the biggest benefit for them is that they learn from our very skilled IKEA co-workers in the purchasing areas and also from our designers and product developers, uh, which means that they can also reach out to other international brands and have IKEA as a customer. And we also know that other international brands, when they know that the supplier is working with IKEA, they also know that the supplier is fulfilling certain criteria. They fulfill quality requirements. So we have seen that, that this has been a huge benefit for several of the social businesses we are working with, that they are working with other, also other Swedish brands now. Several of them have also started up their own brands and are selling the products online with their own designs. Some of them did that already from the beginning, but have been increasing their online sales and their own shops during the IKEA partnership. The business benefit for IKEA is that we learn, we learn from these partners. We are very big now, and but we are still very entrepreneurial. I think the entrepreneurial spirit sits within the many co-workers working at IKEA. And the collaboration with social businesses and social entrepreneurs sort of trigger the entrepreneurial spirit within IKEA to really look into that, how can we 
solve problems that that is coming up in a smart way. How can we support the social business to overcome the barriers that they have? And most important of all, we can provide and offer our IKEA customers with unique and beautiful handcrafted home furnishing products to a very affordable price. And we can also, we are working and we will work more with food products where we are looking very much into healthy food, healthy snacks. We are already today selling coffee from small farm holders in Uganda. And all this is, is grown from small farm holders in a sustainable way and supporting small farm holders to develop their business and their farms. So it's a win-win situation and it's an equal business relationship. And that is also what is so important, that this is not charity, this is a business collaboration. And that is also where these partnerships between IKEA and the social businesses are unique. So can you tell me a little bit more about how the initiative works from the start? So that's engaging with these social entrepreneurs and then to the end where the products are arriving in stores. Yes. When we are looking for new social entrepreneurs and new social businesses that we can set up a long-term partnership, we start from the business need. We start from what type of products do we have a need of? What type of material do we have a need of? And also which regions do we see social challenges? And also which regions do we want to increase our supply base in? So that's sort of the starting point. And then we are giving a brief to our purchasing office uh, because we are purchasing offices around the world in different regions. And we give them a brief and an assignment to search and to map social businesses. And we have also given them the criterias. What type of businesses are we looking for? And what do they need to fulfill these social businesses? Because it's very important when we are searching for social businesses that the starting point is the social mission. They need to have the social mission integrated into their business ID. And the social businesses needs to use business as a means to create social change. So when we then have identified a new social business, that social business goes into an evaluation process where we look into where are they today compared to the requirements that IKEA has for an IKEA supplier. And then we are setting up an action plan for how we can overcome the gaps that they have today, if they have it. And together we are working to overcome these gaps. When we have identified then that this will be a social business that we will start up. We are introducing them to IKEA, to how IKEA is working. We are also introducing them to the democratic design. Democratic design is the cornerstone that all designers and product developers are using when they are developing new products for IKEA. And this next step is to brief the social business, the type of products that we would like to produce together with them. That is done by the product development team at IKEA Sweden, the global product development company. And there is a co-creation between the product development team and the designer and the social business. So we always are utilizing the social business's skills and capabilities when we are designing products, because that is how we can 
really create a unique product and how we really can create a product that is anchored in the handicraft traditions, in the patterns, and sort of the soul that the social enterprise has. And that is how we also then are creating those unique handcrafted products. And then the next step is when the design workshop has happened, that the social business is working and creating samples for IKEA that is approved, and then they are producing the, the products. And eventually the products are available in the IKEA stores and online. So, and that usually takes everything from that we actually have identified the social business that we want to start up. And before we have the products in the store is between one and a half to two years. And I guess you talk about all these sort of handcrafted products. What are some of the really exciting and inspiring ranges that have come from these collaborations with these social businesses? Yes, since we started, we have been working with a lot of different products with these social businesses because usually we start with these social businesses that they start with being part of collections. And the collections is always, there's a theme and the collections, of course, are different from collection to collection. So we have had the possibility to explore many different techniques and designs, etc., with the social businesses. I would say that one of the most exciting collections that I've been part of working with is when we started up the collaboration with Jordan River Foundation in Jordan. Uh, Jordan River Foundation is working with local women in Jordan and also with refugee women where the majority comes from Syria. And in that collection, we really wanted to bring in the culture and the traditional symbols into the collection and their handicraft skills. And we also wanted the women to have the possibility of being creative and to put their own touch onto it. So we made a collection where we were utilizing patterns, handicraft techniques that is based in, in Jordan and from Middle East, but with a modern touch. And that was one of the most exciting collection we did. And that was also the first collection Jordan River Foundation was creating for IKEA. And we did it in a very short time. So we pushed ourselves, we pushed Jordan River Foundation, but we did it together and we managed. And today they are part of all IKEA collections and they have scaled up the business and they are today actually will launch a single article in the textile segment which is very good because that gives a consistency. So that is one example. We have other examples from India. The women in Uttar Pradesh and Rajasthan are very skilled in embroidery, can do anything. We usually want a little bit more simple embroidery. And also we are working with the minority groups in the northern region of Thailand, in Doitung region, also very skilled in ceramics, and hand-woven textiles and the paper production. So there's a lot of variety that we can utilize. And you spoke earlier about the IKEA sustainability strategy. And I guess within this strategy, there are the three pillars, and one of them being fair and equal. So how do we ensure through this initiative that all of these social entrepreneurs are treated fair and equal throughout the entire process? 
the social entrepreneurs are assessed according to the IKEA compliance and our code of conduct, where we are ensuring that all the requirements that we have on IKEA suppliers are fulfilled both from an environmental point of view and from a social point of view. And as these social entrepreneurs have the starting point of creating social change through business for vulnerable and marginalized people, they are usually on a very high level from the social point of view. They are really working from the individuals, developing the people with the, the, the people's development in focus. And then it might be that there are some other gaps that they need to fulfill, which we are supporting them with through our knowledge. We are setting up action plans together. So this is how we are working with the social businesses. I would say more or less in the same way as we are working when we are starting up regular care supplies. The difference is that we put more resources and hours into the social businesses as they need more support and sometimes a little bit of hand-holding through this development. And I guess right now we're living in very changing times with the COVID-19 pandemic. So how are the social entrepreneurs that we're currently working with dealing with this pandemic? Yes, it has been very challenging for some of them. Some uh, has not been so affected. Uh, for example, our partner Doi Tung in the northern Thailand, uh, that region has not been very affected by the COVID. So they have been able to have the production centers open. They have just made restrictions in number of visitors that can come to the region. With our partners in Jordan and India, it has been a challenging situation because they have been forced to close down their production center during some weeks. The good thing is that all of them have been paying uh, wage to the artisans, even if the artisans haven't been able to work. And also, IKEA has decided to not decrease the orders for these partners. So the orders continues. We are just looking into the plan for when these products can be launched. We will adapt so that we make sure that the social businesses has enough time to produce the articles that we have ordered from them. Right now, our partner Jordan River Foundation in Jordan have been able to start up again their production center at least approximately half capacity. And also in Jordan, the majority of women are working from home and that they have been able to continue with even when the center was closed down. In India, all of the women are working in production centers, but there we are looking into if they actually can start to work from home at least during a certain time period so that they yeah, can continue to produce. And the thing is that they want to continue to work because the artisans that we are working with today are used to earn their own living and, and not to be dependent on subsidies or other type of contribution from the government or help organizations. They want to earn their own money. And that is really something we want to build on and to find different possibilities and how we can overcome this. But this will be challenging going forward. As you know, in India, in Jordan, it seems like the COVID now is a little bit more stabilized and the society can go back, perhaps not to normal, but at least 
be a little bit more normal. In India, as you know, it's increasing. So we don't really know what will happen there, but we will do everything we can do to support the social businesses and also to support that they can work from home. As well as we are working from home, we looking into their possibilities to work from home. I know IKEA is currently mapping out new regions and potential new partnerships. Can you talk a little bit about which regions, uh, particularly in Southeast Asia, uh, you are currently mapping and what type of partnerships you are looking to explore? IKEA has taken a strategic decision to that we want to scale up the number of partnerships and the number of people where we are contributing a job to. So we have an ambition until 2025, a quite high ambition. So therefore, we are looking into new regions and new countries where we want to identify and where we want to work with new social businesses. We are looking into South Asia in Bangladesh. As you understand, the, the need is high. Bangladesh has a large population of people that is living under the poverty line. And women are a vulnerable group that sort of have a need of support to get a decent job and and to be included and to overcome the barriers to get a decent job. We are also looking into Southeast Asia. We haven't had any social business collaborations in this Southeast Asia before. So this region is very interesting for us. We are particularly looking into Vietnam and to Indonesia. And in these regions, we are looking for social businesses that can do handcrafted products in natural fibers and also social businesses that can produce food, healthy snacks, chocolate, etc. The interesting is that we also, especially in the food sector, we really are looking into social businesses that are taking the responsibility for the whole chain when they're producing the product. Because we, our ambition is to decrease the number of middlemen and also to keep the whole process of a product in the country. Because it's, in the food industry, it's quite common that the raw material is taken from one country and then the raw material is shipped to another country where the product is produced. And what we want to do now in Indonesia and also in other parts of the world is to make sure that the whole product is produced in the country. So in Indonesia, we're looking into food partners that are both having the raw material and buy the raw material from small farm holders, but then also are producing the product because that is actually where the value addition is sitting in producing the end product. And that we are already doing in the home furnishing value chain that we are trying to minimize the number of intermediates and middlemen and to make sure that the production happens in the country where we also are getting the raw material from. Hopefully we can present some new social business partners from Southeast Asia in the coming year. So do you believe that IKEA will continue to ensure this area of the business continues for the long term, considering all the great benefits that have already occurred for these social entrepreneurs? Yes, IKEA will continue with the collaboration with social businesses. And we have a very ambitious plan in how we can scale up the number of partnerships, which in turn will lead to more jobs for vulnerable and modernized people. We see 
a benefit from a business point of view that we can create unique and designed products. And also we see a possibility to get access and to produce healthy food, snacks, chocolate, etc. from social businesses. And most of all, we see this as a way to really change the view of how how to start from the the people point of view in how to see all people as a potential and as a resource with the possibility to grow and to have this inclusive business and the inclusive people approach integrated in everything we do. We can see that the social businesses we are working with are very successful. They are successful from a business point of view because they get very loyal co-workers. The co-workers wants to stay with them. They don't want to move to another company because they see that they have so good opportunities to develop and to grow as both as professionals and as individuals within the company. And if a company can keep their employees, that's a sort of a key success factor, of course. Also, we think that this is the future. I mean, uh, many new businesses are starting up from in having this inclusive approach already from the beginning, integrated in the business idea when they are starting up a company. We have one example of a new social business that we are looking into in Vietnam that has this built in and inclusive approach and they are an industrialized setup working with disabled people and integrating them into their value chain and into their production. And this is entirely built into their whole business setup and their business model. And they are very successful. So I think that from these social businesses, we can learn and we can also learn business methods that we can bring to other IKEA suppliers. So I guess I want to ask, what has been one of your favorite projects to work on as part of this initiative? My favorite project was the startup, the collaboration with Jordan River Foundation. This was done 2017 in the middle of the crisis and the war in Syria. And IKEA decided that we wanted to contribute to jobs for refugees. And that was the starting point that we wanted to show the world that it's possible to work with refugees and to create jobs, not only support with money or trainings, etc., to create real jobs, because that is a way for these people to be fully integrated in a society. And then the starting point was to look into a country that had an organized way of actually welcoming and taking care of the refugees that was coming, and that was Jordan. We felt that that was a safe country to start with, an organized country to start with. And we identified Jordan River Foundation as the partner taking this to the next step. This was so rewarding from many aspects. It was very rewarding because I think from the starting point that IKEA just decided we want to do this. And we had very much support throughout IKEA organizations, everything from the management to the co-workers to make this happen because it was quite a long, big step for Jordan River Foundation to work with IKEA production and the volume production because they had very, very nice products, but 
small volume production before they entered the, the partnership with IKEA. It was also challenging because we were working with groups, both local Jordanian women and refugee women, that for different reasons had stand far away from the labor market. And also we were working with a group that we didn't know so much that actually had fled from a war and had a lot of in the luggage sort of that they, they needed to deal with. And the rewarding thing in this was that we started off together with Jordan River Foundation, creating this together. We had a launch planned in Jordan just six months after the partnership was started up. And we worked very close together to manage and to reach this goal. And we created a beautiful collection that was available and sold in a few IKEA countries later on. And I think this was one of the most interesting experience that I've been a part of. And both from the, that we were working with this group of people. And also that we were working in a new country where IKEA didn't have any purchasing from before. And also that we created very, very nice product out of this collaboration in a very short time. And I have one last question. So is there anywhere in the world you'd like to make a difference on a personal level? I would like us to make a difference in Africa. And we are exploring Africa right now. But Africa is a part of the world where I think there is a lot of potential, but also lead a lot of development. And I believe that we living in the Western world really need to look into how we can work together with Africa and really develop our value chain in Africa. Not only taking the raw material from Africa, really look into that. How can we contribute to build up the whole value chain in Africa and to produce products? So I think that's an area where I think we can make a big difference. And for me personally, it would be extremely interesting to explore this. I want to thank you so much, Anne-Sophie, for joining us and discussing a really important initiative that we do at IKEA here to really help marginalised groups and smaller farm holders to really build up their businesses in a great way. Thank you for joining us and talking about social entrepreneurs with us. Thank you. It has been a pleasure to talk to you and to explain what we're doing.